They've created an artificial atmosphere based on the exact ratio of gases we need to breathe. 78% nitrogen, 21% oxygen, 0.93% argon, 0.04% carbon dioxide. They will recognize that as us. DNA plus us equals terror. I will code and send it. We are receiving a new message already. They have sent us a greater than symbol and a sadness hydrocarbon. Great sadness. Oh, that means they understand. And it means they have empathy. And if they have empathy for us, diplomacy can work. Welcome, everybody, to Deep Space Pride, a gay Star Trek podcast. My name is Mike. I am one of your hosts. And with me is Johnson, our co-host. How's it going, Johnson? Hey, Mike. Uh, I'm doing all right today. Today was a bit of a cluster, but, you know, I'm here. I'm recording. I'm here. I'm ready to talk about Star Trek. All right. That's good. What about you? You're surviving. I'm surviving. Yes, I am. uh, I have the flu so i know that's suboptimal yes it's just a mild case but it's annoying and uh yeah so uh my energy i feel like you've been dying all day though yes today's been a rougher day i don't know why yesterday i thought i was you know kind of licking it and today it came back with a vengeance so but I am here. I'm ready to talk about Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And, We're always uh, ready to talk about Star Trek. We are, yes. But we are going to keep this one on the shorter side. We always say that, and it ends up being like an hour 20. So Yeah. And well, we have well, two episodes to talk about. Right. Well, we'll get into that in a moment. Uh, because, you know, if you... I'm going to let you talk a lot about Picard, because I talked a lot about Picard. Picard on discovering Trek Picard. So, well, it's still going to be a conversation. Be... I'm not going to go into a soliloquy about Picard. Of course not. Of course, I will share my thoughts here as well. Of course. Yeah. Well, I want you to share uh, new thoughts, different thoughts than what you shared on. Oh Discovery my gosh, Picard. I can't come up with new thoughts Is today. That too much Are to you ask? kidding me? <laughs> Are you kidding me? I can't come up with new thoughts today. I'm lucky. I'm thinking at all. Well. I'm, I'm just I'm just telling you what I expect out of you. I'm sure that there will be something that you will say that I will disagree with and therefore we'll speak up. <laughs> Which never fucking happens. <laughs> never happens on this podcast. Never, never. Us ever. disagreeing, never. Never, never. Uh, never. But shall we talk some Star Trek news? Sure, let's go. Because it's all over the internets and... Uh, you know, I I have been on Twitter a little bit today as well. And um, yeah, so Paul Wesley has been announced as playing James T. Kirk in Strange New World Season 
season two, which they are currently recording in Toronto, which I had no idea about. But again, I'm not on Twitter so I very often, so I would not have known that. But uh, yeah, news broke yesterday. So are they actively that, recording, or is that kind of more like a promo? Because we no, saw they're active. They're, they're recording. Okay. Yeah, they're 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 into season two already. So okay, uh, but all of the you know. All the trolls on the internet have already come out of hiding all over this, uh, you know. Well, about, let me ask you, what for do whatever you, what reason. Do you, how do you feel about that? I I'm really not, like, not asking about your feelings about Paul Wesley, which we'll get to in a uh, minute. How do you feel about us being introduced to James T. Kirk in season two? I, I'm fine with it. You know, it, it doesn't really, you know, it doesn't really bother me all that much. Uh, I am a little bothered by the fact that According to photos, and I, I'm not sure if this is how accurate this is. They're they're saying he's captain, uh, so I'm. That's the only piece of this that I don't really agree with, uh, per se. Do we know much about? She's... And you know, being a TOS, or rather, a non TOS fan, do we get much in terms of the background of Kirk before his captaincy on the Enterprise? Yeah, I mean, there's the the Farragut. He served on the Farragut. Uh, that was a big uh, was moment in his. Yeah, uh, I can't think of the episode because I'm not uh, an encyclopedia of TOS knowledge. But mm-hmm. there's a Farragut. Uh, my understanding was that you know this was his first command as captain uh, when he took over the Enterprise. But uh, you know, uh, I, you know, I'm game for whatever. I'm sure that there are loopholes and there are you know, things that uh, can be taken differently or it was never canon per se. Yeah, because but... he he basically, so this is happening, Strange New Worlds is basically happening, what, like, is it seven years before TOS? Is, is that the, around the timeline? I think, yeah, I think that's the, yeah, seven, six years around, yeah, yeah, somewhere around there. Five, I mean, uh, maybe it's, maybe at this point it's five, but. You think so? I, yeah, I think, I feel, I feel i've heard around it's like six or seven years before the event of tos so he would just be already you know he'd be a really young captain if in season two we're introduced to him as a captain already it just feels a little bit early yeah you know hora is still a cadet technically right right exactly yeah so you know yeah i think you know the the timeline is unsure you know what we're seeing i also my, my thought is that maybe he's a commander and that that would be an okay, you know, place to kind of put mm. him uh, as a first officer on a ship. Yeah. Uh, so it's fine. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, I understand that they had to do this because set photos leaked. So that's the main reason uh, that this came out. I'm, I'm disappointed that it, that happened because uh, I think that, you know, giving Strange New Worlds a little bit of time to get its space legs and, you know, I, know. I was just like yeah season one hasn't even started yet and we're already getting this major news about season two it just felt it feels a little bit premature and it sounds like it was premature and that it was a leak yeah i think uh you know somehow i I, I personally do think that it is a little bit early to introduce kirk i would expect maybe a few more seasons down the line just to kind of tease it out a little bit more and give this crew a little more time to gel and to really stand on their own before introducing such a big temple character. And yeah, it's almost like, a, you know, it's almost like a bit of a 
distraction. Because the thing is, like, you know, in Discovery for season two, we always got Pike, but Pike was such, Pike is really not a known entity. He, you know, he's not such a big temple entity as Kirk is. We've seen him because in the original series, we really, really see him once in the menagerie. That's it. And then there's obviously right. the cage, but that never airs. So there's a lot that we don't know about Pike. So you can build all this mythology around him versus Kirk, which is, he's like a Jupiter-like planet, you know, with a lot of gravity. So I just feel that it's a little premature personally. I don't mind that they're introducing him, but I'm also like, they could have waited a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, so we'll see. I mean, I you know, I think when fo- set photos leak, you know, you got to do something and they took command of the the storyline and, and wanted to announce sure. it. So, yeah. so, you know, again, we we know that Paramount is not the best at a lot of things, including marketing. So, uh, you know, they, they did what they had to do and that's, that's what they did. So, uh, but we're still, I mean, I, I'm still, I, I think you are too. We're still really excited about yeah. Strange New Worlds. Yeah. Wait, uh, but what do you think about Paul Wesley? Did you ever watch Vampire Diaries? Yes. I actually liked him before that. I forget, I forget oh, his really? whole, uh, yeah, I think he's, he's a great actor. He's hot. He's, he's uh, hot. Had, he's, he's, I mean, I got a lot of him cr- Vampire Diaries, so I feel over the course of years, I, I I was less into him. But when he was first introduced on Vampire Diaries, I was like, oh my god, he's hot. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, really I, I didn't I didn't watch Vampire Diaries. Uh, so lot, good, but... so good. It's uh, a really I don't good remember show. It it's a CW did. show. But honestly, yes, the first scene. season or two of Vampire Diaries is spellbinding. It's so good. Yeah, I, I think I did watch the end up watching the finale. So I did have some stake in it uh, at some point. Uh, maybe I skipped a season or two. But uh, yeah, no, he, he was in other things that I found him attractive in. And mm-hmm. just really, you know, so I, yeah, and the set photos and the yes. yeah, the the promo photos of him, uh, He you know, he fits the part. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm sure he, you know, I'm sure they interviewed a lot of people just like they did for Ethan Peck and uh, Spock. So, yeah, uh, that's uh, that's fine with me. And if you know, so we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, you know. no, that was I was actually very surprised when that news broke. But he looks good in the role, so. Yeah, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. I I really like the teaser. I think it's on a good track. We'll see what happens. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, so that's the big news of the week. Uh, The the other big news, obviously, is that the Discovery finale, season four finale is tomorrow. I don't know if that's news. Well, you know. It's it's, it's a, an event. It's an event. <laughs> it's you know? not nothing. I don't know if it's news. But uh, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about episode twelve, species ten C. Hey, why exactly did you team up with that guy? He seems a couple of cherries showing this Sunday. He lost someone. Made a vow to get back to him. I respect that. A mentor Cleveland Book used to say the measure of someone is in how they honor their promises. You share a name with someone? It's not confusing at all. It's not called Book anymore. In the courier world, trust is everything. Trust that someone will do the job you paid them for. 
not rip you off or sell you out. The name Cleveland Booker earned trust for generations, passed from one to another. Mine was the fourth in the line. When he retired, he gave his name and his clients to me. I became the fifth. You think he'd approve of Tarka? I think you'd understand him. After 12 episodes, we finally get to meet the cause of everything that we have endured this season four. Mm-hmm. And uh, Johnson, what did you think? Did you think that this episode was a worthy payoff of this species 10C? No, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, first of all, my prediction last week came true to the shock. I think no one that of course, Tarka messes everything up just as they are about to make some sort of breakthrough. Shocking. I just thought that the, it's, the problem, right, in in this episode is that you have people that are too smart and then you have people that are too dumb. This is what, this is my issue. So you have people that basically figure out an alien language, so alien, it's like it takes 10 minutes for them to really figure out how this how this species communicates, if you think about it. And it definitely had a lot of um, I mentioned this to you, but you hadn't watched the episode yet. It had a lot of tones from Arrival, one of my favorite sci-fi movies, which does the whole learning and alien language thing really well and it takes time. It takes a lot of trial and error, miscommunication. And you see this effect that it has on the people trying to understand how to communicate and the frustration comes with it. I understand that this is what one episode of Star Trek, but this is what we were talking about last week where I feel if they introduced speeches tendency earlier, they could have like gone through the impact of first contact, trying to understand an alien species as to how they think and communicate in a much deeper level and the way that it could impact the people in, in that process versus like literally they had like a five minute brainstorm and they kind of figured it out which i thought was just completely unrealistic and kind of just in my mind it kind of really stole the stole the suspense out of like this first contact situation and if we were to compare this with another similar kind of episode, which is Darmok, where you encounter a species where the way to communicate is so foreign and so different that it's completely indecipherable. That put a lot of personal stakes. You had Picard and Darmok really trying to get to know each other on a personal level, despite their lack of ability to communicate with each other. But that's what made this work so well. Versus this, it was like the emotional investment in the first contact situation is just lost. There's really no emotional investment. I, I did like there's a little bit of science to it. Sometimes that I enjoy that kind of shit, but I don't know. It's just like literally assaulted in like five, 10 minutes. I was just kind of like, whatever. And then you have the really stupid things going on, like all the Tarka shit. And then Nadoye, is that her name? I'm going to say her name correctly. The Earth. Yes. Yes. The the, the, the Earth Commander, commander? Earth Colonel, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Just like these, like really, just like dubious decision make decisions and decision making processes. Like I'm just like <laughs> Nadoy. Literally, like she has doubts for like one second. Like, oh, I'm kind of portraying that. Like, okay. I'm like, what the fuck, girl? 
it was just so frustrating, like just frustrating things like that, that it's, it's meant to raise the stakes and give us this cliffhanger, but it's just so frustrating. I don't know. It's just, at the end of the day, I just had so many, there, the science, some of the science and stuff was like cool. Some of the terminal babble, I kind of like that, but between like how overly smart some people are and how overly dumb some people are, I just, I, I don't know. I was frustrated. Yeah, to, to speak to your commander or colonel or whatever her title is, Nadoye, you know, I think that she was second guessing her earlier decision to to uh, support them, support Tarka and Book because uh, because they were making progress on the communication front, which she didn't agree with and think that it was viable in order to make a difference in all of this. So I think that mm-hmm. that's where her trepidation came from in uh, making that call and giving the information to Tarka. Well, she didn't know it was Tarka. She thinks it's Book, actually. Well, I don't even think she really, because when Book and Tarka told her that she had to sabotage her ship, basically, she showed a little bit of hesitation, but I don't really think that, she, because she was there as they were kind of making progress. I don't think that after that, she showed much hesitation personally. I need to rewatch the episode, I guess, but I, I didn't yeah. really feel there's much hesitation before she decided to vent the plasma or whatever it was. In, I don't think it took that much. It didn't take much. It didn't take that much to convince her to like take action, which, which I thought was just dubious, but whatever. Yeah. You know, the other thing that my thought, thought process about this is, and, and you explained it really well, like alien contact and, and all of that and arrival or, uh, you know, a much earlier film in the 1980s was uh, Encounters of the Third Kind. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, along the same way, you know, same thing that the drama is how figuring out first contact, it mm-hmm. plays on people's emotions right. and nerves and, yeah. and, you know, the stakes are high and the tension is high. And I think this highlights the thing that we've talked about in Discovery before, like we we we're taking this slow boat to China to use the expression <laughs> to get there or the, we're Wait, taking the slow boat. The, the what? Is that an expression? The slow boat to China? Yeah. China. Slow boat to China. I, no. I think, you know, I don't, I, I apologize if that's offensive. I don't know if I you know, know. I'm not know offended. The... I'm Chinese. I'm fine. You're fine then. Cause I'm, I'm your audience. Um, but we're taking, so to, we're taking the slow boat to get to, to species 10 C, right? right? And then we have 45 minutes to wrap it all up. <laughs> and it's just so annoying. Uh, they do this, understand. they do this every year. They they take us slowly towards the climax, and then the climax takes three seconds and we're done. And right. you know, it's really frustrating to, you know, when when you point out something, which I think is really valid, like the 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 tension and the stress of first contact would actually be a really great experience to see through Star Trek's lenses. Right. And you could have drama and interpersonal drama in that way uh, and have that fulfill kind of Discovery's purpose of being a dramatic, emotional show, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, versus... there, was like, there were a lot of episodes that I feel could have been condensed, honestly, or cut. Oh, absolutely. No, I, you know, I think that this was, this was, you know, this was again, that just, we we took forever to get here. And now all of a sudden we got here and, and we have to rush to, to finish it, you know, to finish the season. And I think that that's kind of the problem with, with discovery in general is that it does this, it 
builds things up and you sort of lose momentum because you're taking so much time in doing this and you 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 raise the stakes but you don't raise the stakes in a way that is uh you know is uh meaningful i don't think you you sort of do them little by little like right. i think well i think we that's the issue you could too, have like... raised the nadoye's mm -hmm. uh betrayal to a higher stakes right. you could have you know in, the only stakes that we're really seeing that are impact right now are jet reno and book mm -hmm. who you know quite honestly are probably going to be um uh victims of tarka's mission and we're gonna you know book ship and and you know i have no idea about this finale but my my thought is that they're gonna have to destroy those ships and i don't know that we're gonna get our people back you know yeah. and to you know to lose book you know we, we've talked about it there's there's got to be some loss mm -hmm. that michael needs to experience uh in order to grow and become the next level captain that she is meant to be i think um you know, I think, and thinking about that even more, like, we're also, we're, we're killing two minority cast members. We're killing, you know, David Ajala, potentially. Well, let's not, we don't know that. We don't know. Yes. You're, yes, you're, yes, you're yes, theorizing. Yeah. I'm theorizing, know. but we're going to kill, you know, a lesbian and a, a black man on a ship because of maybe, a, maybe a, because of a psychopathic white guy. Um, and, you know, that's, you know, that's, I don't know. I, I, just I don't, don't think we're, I, I doubt that we're going to lose both of them. I think that Jet Reno is most likely going to survive. Honestly, she was one of the best things about this episode. I'm I agree, she, yes. I'm glad I she agree. had more, she had more to do. Usually she's just there for some humor, but she actually like legit was able to kind of figure out what Tarka was doing and actually take action and was able to be more proactive than usual. So I did like that. Book is just so dumb. I'm just so fucking overbooked. Um, he's just, he, you know, he just let his emotions cloud his judgment and like all that shit. And I'm just like, my God, you're so dumb. Like, whatever. <laughs> I'm just, it well, was just not being, yeah, he, he, he kind of cleared the path and then he's suddenly lost again. I don't know. I feel like his character has really gotten lost in these last few episodes. And he just makes the same mistakes over and over. He yeah. doesn't learn. It's just like very frustrating to, and I complain about this a lot in our last episode, our last recording, but yeah, he just didn't learn and just allow Tarka to kind of do the same, like fuck him over again. Yeah. And, and this is what happens this time. To the shock and, of no one, but it's so frustrating to see it. Yeah. You know, the, going back to the storytelling a little bit too, I think that the fact that Paul says in engineering, he says, yeah, I've been looking for jet and and I haven't been able to find her. I could use her help. Like if you're looking for someone on a ship like Discovery, you would ask the computer where they are and you would okay. find them. She's, you know, so, so this is yeah. this is this is another example of lazy storytelling where they're they're forgetting um, kind of protocol Starfleet protocols that would normally be in effect that would solve for these problems. And they're sort of ignoring the protocols to solve for the story and i have a real problem with that you know it's yeah i mean she's a commander that is missing she's not showing up for her duty shifts the 
lead engineer can't find her is that not a red flag even right, Zora, exactly. like, oh she's in engineering i'm kind of like uh no one sees this woman right and that's another thing is that i feel that some of the major cast members i know we're talking about how tilly's been basically missing and it's kind of weird that she's not she's just been mia until the finale it's like i feel that stamets and culber and i'm i'm trying i mean i think it's mainly the two of them have just gotten a lot less to do this season. Like Cobra towards the beginning had a little more to do, like with right. this, you know some of the counseling, and then he had like some issues. But I'm not sure that really hasn't gone anywhere. Some of the some of his own problems and some of his own tiredness has been brought up, but I don't know where that's going. I don't know if you're getting it. It's like oh, it's the same. You know, he brings it up once in a while, but it's not. You know, there's no solving. You know, like there's no solution in sight. He hasn't made any progress. Meanwhile, Stamets, I feel, has not has. Towards the beginning, he had more to do when he was trying to problem solve the DMA. But I feel like a quarter into the season, he just has had a lot less to do. Well, halfway through the season, we get Zora, which becomes like an additional crew member who does a lot of the work for him. You know, true, so, true. yeah, you know, that's where his workload kind of goes and into. A yeah, computer, now so. I was just like, yeah, he's like searching for this lost engineer. <laughs> yeah it's like contributes ultimately nothing because whatever yeah so you know i just think that there's some just really some storytelling issues with discovery yeah i don't know the story the pacing some of the balance between characters it's frustrating when you have characters just make such dumb obvious decisions that is really for the sake of suspense and spectacle versus are they would they really make that kind of call things like that i just it's just well also ignoring the in-universe rules right you're you create a world or universe that has certain rules and protocols and then you ignore them and i I think that or like you you have a deck that's entirely empty and but you know what we're saying yeah exactly doesn't make any sense yeah, yeah I don't know. you know, and and you know, illegal, illicit communications going on between Book slash Tarka and Nadoye, and all oh these yeah, other and how did that... Book have the command codes for the discovery? I I don't remember to be honest. I have no idea. So... Yeah, because he gave Nadoye the command codes so that Nadoye could vent the plasma. I was like, wait, how does Book? Because he literally was like, I'm just sending you command codes, and I was like, how does he have the command codes for the discovery? He was never even a crew member. He was a consultant. He wouldn't have the command codes. Yeah, I don't know. So, yeah, there's just a lot of little things. I think it's really disappointing. For me, it's the in-the-universe rules and just the the situations that the writers are putting into play that really wouldn't happen if we're really talking about a, like a Starfleet starship. Um, so, you know, and we're, we're just kind of writing ourselves around those things to, to tell a story, which is taking forever to get to it. And then the most interesting part, which could be the, you know, learning how to communicate with species 10 C. I mean, the bubble that they create and the four people, you know, Saru and Michael and the president. That was very arrival, by the way. I don't know if you remember. I, I, I don't remember arrival, but I could see how it, 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 it uh, pulls from that. Who is the fourth one that went in there? Uh, Tarina, right? Tarina. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, I thought that that was a moving kind of situation and, and interesting. And 
So I, you know, I think that we could have built on that, built on that drama and not figuring out and also outside the crew wondering where did they go? When are they going to come back? It's been hours and, you know, just this mm -hmm. length of time, which would play upon, you know, Commander Reese, who's probably in command right now and things like that. Like, what do we do? Time is running out, that sort of thing, like increase the, the drama that way. And uh so there's just yeah there's just a lot of things that i'm really you know struggling with in this season and um and then we were also talking about this before we start recording but tarka i just don't understand what we're supposed to be thinking about tarka especially given two episodes ago we had this whole basically half the episode dedicated to his sob story and that wasn't even that revelatory and now you know he's very he's he's just like this one-dimensional villain he's willing to basically commit genocide and screw earth over just to get back to his lover. And I'm like, is he supposed to be sympathetic? Are we, what are we supposed to be feeling about him? Is he really just like this bond villain that is willing to do whatever it takes to get to his end game? It, he's just like, I don't really know at the end of the day what we're supposed to do with Tarka's character. I know you have a lot of issues with Tarka because he's a bully, but even from a more objective viewpoint, I don't really know what, even Osira, I thought, you know, Osira was also kind of one-dimensional, but I thought she was actually more interesting. Like, she had a lot more complexity to her. She, um, she wanted it to, in, you know, last season, she wanted to make peace with the Federation. Even if it was self-centered, you could see that she was trying to do something different and change things, even, yes, if she is selfish. Like, it, was, it actually was this interesting gray area. Um, that I thought was kind of cool about Osira, even though at the end she kind of just ended up being kind of like this villain that you kill. I would actually rather watch that scene between Osira and uh, Dadmiral. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, it's not, know, that, I'd that rather watch episode. that than that was one of our favorite episodes last yeah. season. It was just there was like a little bit of a chess game, and you know you right. trying to figure out like what does she really want. Yeah. Versus Tarka, where I feel like I don't really at the end of the day, I'm, he's probably gonna be killed off next episode. But I just don't really know at the end of the day what we're supposed to take from his character because at the, ultimately he really does just seem to be very one-dimensional. Yeah, no, I agree. And, you know, I don't like him and I'm not going to get into that because I, you yes, know, I'd, ra I'd rather, yes. you know, rather move on from that. But yeah, I just... But even as a know. character, I just don't really know. Yeah, you know, no. Obviously I mean, every I think... character has shortfalls, but it's just like, all right, so... I don't, you know, what else would get out of him? I think there's been an unevenness in this season of character development and really, you know, like, it's just, it's a, it's a, there's, there's a, there's gotta be, there's something just not in the right place for the writing of discovery. It's, mm -hmm. it's, I don't, you know, I, I, they, I feel like they've sort of lost their way a little bit. They've they've done these long season arcs that with, you know, this big baddie, but the big baddie is actually now just Tarka and we have an alien species which we can communicate with, which is fairly interesting how they figured that out. I mean, granted, yes, it was quick and I agree with you on that. It could have been drawn out for much better drama and mm -hmm. and a lot more interesting conversations and, and things happening um, around that versus what we've got and uh you know i just i, I you know i'm i, I think i'm going to find the finale i'm i'm going into it very ho-hum about it i you know I, i'm not going to be surprised by anything that comes in the finale i'm probably just going to be glad that this season is over and hope that 
some semblance of the world returning to normal will mm-hmm. will impact the writing of discovery for next season also the next time you know the next season's only 10 episodes so maybe that'll yeah you know pull it together a little bit differently but uh you know i'm i'm i i'm sad i'm really sad and disappointed to say that i'm just not invested in discovery as a as a show as much anymore and uh you know, especially when we've got Picard, which is incredible drama and, yes, uh, you know, great writing and great characters. And so and, and this is not a I like Michael Burnham. I like I love Sonequa Martin Green. I love, sure. you know, Paul and Hugh and, and Adira. I love all of them uh, and, and Doug Jones. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I'm. I, I can't remember if Doug Jones is going to be in Chicago. I hope he is because I would love to meet him in person. Since oh, I that's right. Visit. That is hello news. We bought our tickets finally. Oh yeah, yeah, we You're did. Welcome, listeners. Yes, we're, we're we'll be in Chicago. Yes, uh, we finally pulled the trigger. It took months, but we finally booked our plane tickets, the hotel, and the convention tickets. Yes, it happened. It's happening. It was like um, so. Maybe dropped, maybe Doug Jones will be there to 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 meet. That'll be great. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, I, you know they they just have such incredible cast members, and I just think that the writing is doing them all a disservice, or most of them a disservice, um, including including the secondary cast. You know the bridge crew. Uh, you know we've all gotten glimpses, forced glimpses of their life. Uh, or their past rather. And uh, so that's been, uh, you know, how it's been done is mostly been negative. Uh, That we are learning about the additional cast members is positive, but I just don't think that, again, it falls down to the writing. And I'm, you know, I, I honestly will watch the new episode of Picard before I watch the Discovery finale tomorrow or this weekend Uh, i didn't even rush to watch last week's episode i think i watched it on saturday oh really oh that's so funny yeah i had no you know i mean work was crazy last week and everything but uh you know i'm just i'm just kind of i'm disappointed and and it's not because of the actors it really isn't I, i really do like the people who are on this cast and uh all of them actually except for tarka and um you know, I, I, I think that they're just not getting the, the stuff that they deserve as actors. Um, and I, and, you know, you and I talked a little bit offline about this. I don't know where that, you know, I don't know at, at whose feet that lie, you know, that, it's that the writer's room, it's, it is the writer's it's room, not but one writer. it's not one. Person. No, I know. I know. No, I know. But there is someone, there's an executive producer or someone in charge of that writer's room. And I just don't think that it's, it's going well. And I, you know, but anyway, uh, it frustrates me to talk negatively about Star Trek in this way. But I've been really disappointed yeah, I'm usually with this the one season. That is more critical, you know. So um, yeah, even though I enjoyed, you know, again, you know, the other thing too is you know making Zora an actual character that people are talking to. You know, I I can't imagine that. It's not really how. That, you know, for as an actor, how, how you know, how you, you spend all day learning your lines to talk to the air and, and do a solo scene, you know, that's just not, uh, I don't know. It might There's be like, a... someone might be saying the lines. Saying oh, I'm sure there is. Scene. You know, maybe even the, the actor who voices Zora is there. That's fine. But it's just, 
you know, not to have a face to face person to talk to in some of these scenes is just, you know, the same thing that happened happened with Ian Alexander and in their new um their new lounge, you know, we you know, talking to Zora, talking to Air, because you know, uh Ian didn't have you know, Gray didn't have any responsibilities on the ship. So he's just helping Zora out with the the Trill game. So you know, it's just these little, yeah, there's just so much. Uh, and, I, and frankly, I'm just tired of talking about it. So, <laughs> yeah, it's like just so when we talk about the secondary characters, I was actually totally thinking about this again, when we are, again, comparing it to one of our favorite Star Trek shows, which is DS9, which did such an amazing job bringing these secondary and tertiary characters and developing them so well. Like Kai Wynn, I was thinking about this. Kaiwen only appears in 14 episodes out of 176 episodes of DS9. But, and that's like less than 10% of the episodes. Yet she is like one of the most interesting and colorful villains of Deep Space Nine. Oh, and that's she, I mean, I hate her. Oh, but I she's hate, so interesting. Yeah, you know, she is. So absolutely. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah, I totally agree with you there. That's a she's great She's so point. complex, you know. Yeah. But, she yes. appears in less than 10% of all DSN's episodes, yet she makes such an impact. And it's, you know, obviously we're dealing with like, you know, a different show, different time. Uh, they don't have like 26 episodes to work with, but, you know, they could do such a better job of like trying to flesh out these secondary cast members. And instead we get like, you know, a two minute like monologue. <laughs> Or whatever in the middle of a red alert in the middle of a, like a random scene and it's just like yeah. not it's just not well done yeah no um but uh yeah i you know i think that's enough about discovery that is, is there not about else? discovery i feel just complaining yeah yeah so um yeah you know let's get to you picard which we have a much better feeling about and are enjoying this much better uh you know i've i've watched uh card's second episode uh you watch penance i've watched it three times yes and i would go back and watch it a fourth that's how much i love this episode and love this show what's going on with you today annika i have half a mind to have you tested for telepathic incursion how dare you even suggest you know but this was this was all my fault mr first husband sir the Borg Queen was claiming that Romulans had infiltrated the palace with spies from a little-known sect called the Kuat Malad, or Final Stranglers, as they were known in the North. And I postulated it wasn't true, but I, I didn't have any proof until I saw that Picard had apprehended a Romulan. So out of an abundance of caution, I sent a coded message to my old drinking pal, the president, a.k.a. Annika Sevenshot. It's, it's a funny story. It's for another time. Wow. And so that I could test my hypothesis, which we just did. There was a lot of screaming. Did you hear it? Anyway, it, it turns out the queen was totally lying in a typical weaker than now species bargaining for her life kind of strategy. And so she's off, you know, going to be beheaded or whatever. And basically, um, as you were. But I've talked a lot about my feelings. You've listened to me on Discovering Trek. Yes. So you know my feelings. You said you had a lot of different thoughts than the crew of Discovering Trek does so i'm gonna I don't throw know different thoughts i just had some different points to make but you know i sure. would want to yeah. reiterate some of um your feelings about this episode sure I will. yeah no yeah. i i'm really liking picard this season i think that the pacing is really well done i think the reset that we talked about last week is working really well for our characters and 
I think that just overall, it's very, it's, it feels like a very tight season. I hope they keep up the pace. And one thing that I really liked a lot about this episode is literally every character got a chance to do something and shine. That was one thing that I think was really great. Even Elnor. Elnor's like not my favorite character because honestly, I don't think he has much of a personality because he's more of like a surrogate son slash little brother for most of our characters. And he kind of serves more as kind of like a complimentary character, if that makes sense. But even he had a great action scene. He got to do stuff. He got to like bounce off of Rafi in particular. And I was like, okay, I don't mind. You know, Elnor has, you know, he's doing more this season versus last season where he was kind of like just too much to me. He was kind of just a crybaby, but whatever. Um, so I just think that everyone kind of had their moment. And obviously some had more than others, but I really liked you know, I really like Rafi um, in this episode. I thought she was really good at like thinking on her feet. Um, Seven, of course, you know, really great scenes with her. And Gerardi, Gerardi was definitely a big star for me. And I, I'm concerned. I, I, I will express a little bit of concern as to where she might be headed this season. I'm concerned that she's going to go down a similar path as last season where she started out great, but then she got manipulated and the way and she ended up being like, you know, she was put in a bad spot. And then we, then she got annoying because of that. I feel that they're setting her up to have a similar kind of situation with the board queen. They're like hinting at there's some issues, deeper issues with her and, there are these glances between her and the Boar Queen, and we've seen from the trailers that they obviously have moments together that seem very dangerous. Um, I don't know. I don't think she's going to get straight up assimilated, but I think she's going to get influenced somehow by the Boar Queen. And I'm a little bit concerned that we're going to walk down the same path with her. But right now, I'm kind of just enjoying her character. I think that she's so funny. She's she has like it, she's very Tilly like. We've already talked about that, but. She just has these great moments of levity. Like literally, I rewatched the episode today and the moment when she's just kind of spitballing when the magistrate is like, what the fuck are y'all doing here? And she just goes off on like some excuse. I love that scene so much. It's so good. It's so good. I mean, I honestly, if I was in the room while she was acting out, I would just like burst out laughing because it was it's so ridiculous. But, but it's so good, and I would have. I think okay. where you would have laughed, I would have just op- like had my mouth open, catching flies, because I would be like <laughs> so amazed that yeah. she got that all out. Um, I, you know, it looks like one take. Uh, I'm sure she had to do it several times, but she probably do a couple. But it's so good. It's so, so good. good. It's so well. So good. So, so I, I'm, I'm hope, really happy. Yeah, I'm hoping that she stays like that, but I feel Agreed. that there's a darker path for her this season again, which I'm concerned about. But you know, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, what what you know, I what were some of the standups for you? Well, definitely Girardi. Uh, definitely seven. Uh, I really, I really have to say that uh, Jerry Ryan is a great actress and she really played this role uh waking up in a different timeline and maintaining her composure doing the the 
Borg checks of all of her senses to see, mm -hmm. you know, if this was real or if this was, you know, some sort of dream or, or holodeck or something. Uh, so, but she also, you know, slid right into the role of president, especially around her husband. Yeah. And, uh, you know, knew to take power when she needed to. Right. You know, I need, I need privacy. I need some coffee and that's it. And, you know, and also yeah. putting the magistrate in his place when he questioned her, uh, she got right back in his face and, uh, you know, put him in his place, which I think was great. Yeah, that was a little bit, I, I think she did well, but at the same time when I was rewatching it, I was like, you know, how likely is it that she is able to nail down and understand their dynamic as husband and wife, you know, like that's a little bit, even like, the even how she referred to him as like I don't remember I don't think she called him like honey or anything like that but like you know no, it's like just that. a deer they they deer. use deer they both yeah, I'm use like, how, deer I'm like oh like you know like how does she know like exact you no know? I mean obviously he was suspect he was like you know he was he was like a little bit dubious about like her and he was like uh, are you being mentally manipulated at some point like so obviously she didn't totally pull it off but it was enough I guess yeah. Whatever. You know, also, no, uh, great. yeah, uh, I also really enjoyed the first part of the episode where Q and Picard are going at it. A lot of yeah, a really great dynamic no, there. Uh, a and lot we talked of, about this last week, but the fact that Q slaps Picard, that definitely is an indication that something's off because yeah. he, would, he would never, he would never do that. Right. He would exactly. never get physical. Yeah. So I thought that that was interesting. Do you have any theories as to what the deal is with you? Yeah, I do. I, I, I think I shared this on Discovering Trek, but I... Oh, did you? I mean, my, no, no, you might not have gotten to predictions. That's totally fine. No, my, my thought is that... Um, and he Picard, uh, Q sort of says this to Picard, not in so many words, but he's like trying to teach him a lesson that he has not learned. Mm -hmm. And based upon that and based upon the conversation he had with Guinan... I think the idea is that Picard has never really followed his heart and sure. his feelings. And that is right. what that is what Q is here to teach him is this level of love and compassion and and a different kind of love that he may have from, you know, from what he had for his crews previously, whether mm -hmm. it's the Stargazer or the Enterprise. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that what's gonna happen is that, you know, eventually Picard will reunite with Laris. There'll be that love connection. And then Q is going to come back and say, now that you get that, now that you got it, I need your help. And I think that what that's going to teach Picard is to have compassion even for and love for Q of some sort, like some, some um, indebtedness to Q and Q needs some help. But what do you think might be going, going on with Q that he's like off or what he needs help with? Uh, you because know, that part I, is I, far I, for me to fathom. Like what would an omnipotent entity need from Picard? Because the most that we've gotten from their relationship is he just, other than the one time in Q, Deja Q, which whatever one where he loses his powers and he had to, rely on the kindness of the enterprise d crew right he hasn't and then there was also the episode of voyager where he knitted janeway and crew to intercept because there was civil war in the q continuum 
other than that, he hasn't really needed help from humans in any way. So I'm just like, what is the setup here where he needs Picard? Sure. I, I, I mean, I want, my, well, I think, think your civil war thing is, is, is possibly on point. I think that maybe the, the civil war continued or stopped for a while and then continued. And I think that perhaps uh, the Q are actually killing each other and eventually they're getting down to the point where there's so few of them left that they're trying to save their species. Uh, perhaps even Q is in a corner where he's grossly outnumbered and needs to be saved himself somehow. Uh, or they're, they've used so many of so much of their power to fight this battle that they're all like their power is somehow extinguishing and he's dying in that way. And that who knows, but those are some of my well, that's thoughts. Why I, that. That's why I'm asking you what are your theories? Because I do think it would be interesting if there was some sort of, some sort of, I mean, the civil war was resolved and then Q had a child or whatever with, with the female Q. But I think that was the last time we saw him on Voyager. But I, I do wonder. I think yeah, there's going to be some point. quid pro quo involved with, uh, with Q and, and. Yeah. He's definitely manipulating Picard for a reason. He, yes. he wants, as always, he wants Picard to learn something and get something out of this. And I'm sure he knows that Picard has this trauma slash he, he, there's like something he can't, you know, he can't get over or something he needs to figure out. Um, you know, oh, that's my the- other theory too. So speaking of Picard's trauma, I think that um, with that universe break that happens where the Borg mm-hmm. ship comes through, that those memories of his childhood are from the childhood of his counterpart in the this other universe or this other timeline or whatever you want to call it because it's it's technically according to the queen it's still their universe it's still their timeline it's just that something was changed and i'm thinking that at some point that trauma happened to the kid picard because of that change and therefore he's remembering it as sort of a secondary thing because I think the thing that really stands out for me is this whole Borg tie-in and the fact that, you know, we've seen, we've seen in very quick glimpse his mother being dragged away. And the only species that we've ever seen do that is the Borg dragging people away like that. We saw that a lot in first contact. Uh, So uh, I think that in that particular timeline, that's also why he wants to be the Borg slayer. So wait, so uh, I'm, I'm confused. So are you, so what is the origin of Prime Picard's un, inability to let love in? Or are you saying there's not? Or is it? Being- no, I, I, I think, I don't know what his, like our 2400 Picard's specific issue is necessarily. But I'm saying these, these, these remembrances of his childhood trauma with his mom, I think when whatever cue changed in the timeline happened, these memories started flooding his mind. And uh, that trauma is just being revisited. I I don't think I don't necessarily think that that trauma is associated with why Picard can't love Laris. I don't think that that's necessarily I think we're making a correlation there. I don't necessarily think there is a correlation there. Huh. Okay. it's possible. Uh, Yeah, I. Um, that's interesting. Yeah, I feel that, yeah, my only rebuttal to that would be that the way that we set up the premiere, especially his, 
conversation with Guinan where he's like unable to, because when Guinan straight up asked him like, why are you this? He's unable to articulate it. I feel that that is setting up this mystery as to why Picard is built this way. So I would be, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I, I think what you're saying is totally possible, but I feel that at the same time, we are being set up with asking why is Picard prime 2400, 2401 Picard this way, which I think that we need to explore somehow, some way, maybe what you're saying. Yeah. Maybe it's some sort of red herring, but I do think that, you know, just the fact that he's unable to even speak to and reveal to one of his closest friends why he is, why he has this wall around his heart is something that needs to be revealed in some way. Well, I think, I think that part of that, you know, part of that story with his mom, I, the, the pulling, the her being teared, torn away by, let's just say for the Borg, for the lack of a better reason for that one, you know, that two second scene we saw. Oh, like a flashback, but then there's all the fighting between his mother and father. And so when you're young, you see that fighting between um, your parents, it, it can drive you to not want to build a relationship or to go down that path of getting married to someone or becoming, you know, emotionally Uh close to someone in that kind of, because you've, the only example of a relationship you've seen is, is two fighting divorced parents, you know, or whatever, however that, however that in reality, their relationship that his parents relationship ended or, or lived on until his mom passed away or whatever, however, Mm -hmm. all that plays out. But I think that that's the, the, you know, that's a very typical, you know, example of psychology of people who necessarily don't want to get married or, of course, no. So I think that that's, that's more like, I think we're almost overthinking it a little bit now that, now that I'm talking about your, your positing that this flashlight that we got is actually not prime Picard's experience, but rather all Picard's experience. Yeah, the all, but so yeah, you can't. So the 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 one thing that is when you ask me that question, it's throwing me off. There is only Prime Picard here. So what the Borg Queen has established is that this is the the history that they find themselves in is the their own history. It's just because it's changed and been changed in the past. So this isn't necessarily a separate timeline. This is the timeline. If Q, well because q went back and changed one thing one little mm-hmm. thing and that created the, the i'm calling it all picard because i'm training as like a alternate universe yeah, all, i know it's yeah. not i i know they made that yeah. distinction but honestly come on give me a fucking break it's basically like our, our, it's all it's an altered timeline you know yeah sure it, yeah it really so I, yeah i mean yeah so that you know that's that's all i think that's alt picard's trauma not necessarily are picard's that's interesting interesting theory yeah um that's that's sort of what i think about that um so yeah so i enjoyed the the back and forth with picard i thought like i said in discovering trek i i i think that the set decoration and the work that the property master did for this episode was amazing uh it's fine yeah you know i thought the redress of picard's study was phenomenal it was very lorca like I also really enjoyed the redress of the um, Disney, Disney concert hall. hall. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Yeah, one thing that you because you brought up Luca, um, one thing that I that we and you and I talked about when we were watching the second episode live that we didn't totally agree on is this universe 
definitely screams mirror universe to me um, in many, many ways. Uh, and to a point where I am kind of actually slightly distracted by it. It's not bad. It's just like, I felt it's been done between the humans having superiority, subjugating other races. Um, that That's definitely been, especially in Discovery, we saw a lot of that with Philippa and we were told that she subjugated like Vulcan and Doria and Kronos, like, you know, is very similar. And then the whole skull scene, which I think was also very effective. We also got something similar with Giorgio when, you know, in, in um, what's that episode called? Volting Ambition, one of my favorite episode names. You know, we have her treating the Kelpians as slaves, but then also as food. You know, like, remember, like, she was eating their ganglia. Like, I feel, there was a lot of mirror universe vibes for me in this world. Like, human superiority over other races, enslaving and eliminating other races, eating other races, you know. Um, it, it, there was a lot of that for me in, in this. Um, yeah, I, I, I hear you. I did not feel like this was a, a lot of... Uh... A kind of a redo of the mirror universe. I felt like this is sort of a another multiverse, you know, universe that were an, another alt timeline that doesn't result in the the mirror universe, but it's still a dark place where humanity. Yeah, it's a, it's just more the subjugation, the the fact where they're subjugating other races and this xenophobic Terran yeah. superiority is very. Terran Empire for me. Yeah, sure. Yeah. No, I, I can I can understand how you get that vibe. I chose to either ignore that or just believe that this was an alternate timeline. That's yeah. just my how I viewed it. So I didn't really get bothered by it because there was no real callbacks to the mirror universe. You it mean except all... when when no, 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 was no, like it was in all... a mirror darkly yesterday's enterprise? <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean it's like none of the dre- none of the the dressings. Like it was all all rethought of in a in a different way. It, you know, it does, it, I'm not saying that tonally it doesn't reek of of Mary Universe. I'm saying that, you know, the way that they look and the way that they dress, the the symbols well, and things like that, like, that's all that's all Nazi. different. It's very like, you know, Hitler, it's very totalitarianism. You know? It's very, you know, well, even but the colors, though, the red, and, the red and the black, that's very like Nazi Germany. Yeah. Um, sure. For, like very strongly that that color scheme. And then the emblem, which I'm sure Fansats is going to have a field day with their emblem, did remind me a little bit of the Terran Empire's insignia as well. So, okay. yeah. So, now I actually am enjoying it. I was just like, oh, you know, it doesn't really feel that, it doesn't really feel original. Like that, that you know, like it wasn't like I had an issue with it. It was just, oh, I feel like we've been down this like, you know, dystopian, like human, human superiority kind of like path before personally so okay yeah um what did you think about um any worshiping as the board queen i think she did a fine job uh you know it's uh it's always a little disconcerting i mean this is the third or fourth board queen so it's fine uh you know i think she's doing a great job uh you know that i've heard a lot of good things about her the actor uh who plays plays there plays the board queen so uh you know i think it's good I, I it's creepy enough it's different it's uh yeah it's uh it's fine did you, you know, ever watch not... 24 like were you ever a fan 
No, uh, early early seasons. So uh, I, okay. I, I don't. Yeah, not the later seasons so much. I, yeah, I, she I was, was definitely. In... A, oh, sorry, she's in ahead. something else too. No, she's in something else more recent too, for okay. sure. I only know her from twenty four, and she was like in some of the later seasons, like seven, yeah, eight, no. I think seven, eight, nine, or yeah. whatever. Um, she she's a really talented actress. I actually really like her. And I got in one of the things I really liked about her character on 24 is that she can play this really fierce character, but you can still sense this kind of like vulnerability underneath that fierceness. I feel that she brings some of that into her board queen portrayal where obviously as a board queen, she has this, she has this like front, but you can also tell that this is a very different board queen because she's alone. And I could see some of that subtlety in her performance. I really like that. So I'm sure we're going to see more of it. But she's actually a very talented actress. Um, and yeah. yeah, I feel like they're really setting up this like thing between her and Jurati. And we'll see where it goes. But it's interesting that she, that the Borg Queen is honed in on Jurati a little bit. And kind of yeah, that is interesting. And kind uh, of pinpoints that, pinpoints Jurati's loneliness. And I think that that is something that um, the Borg Queen is going to be exploiting. Okay, that's a that's an interesting prediction. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I, um, I mean, I, I agree with you. I hope it's not a retread of last season. Um, but the other the other thing that I want to call out about this episode is I really loved Rafi in it. Uh, yeah. I thought she did a phenomenal job. I also really liked uh, her and Elnor's relationship. Um, mm-hmm. You know the adoptive mother, uh, the, sure. the surrogate son. I really enjoyed that. I, I thought it was really endearing. It was actually one of the better parts of the episode for me. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, it's fine. For so, me. <laughs> I'm like it's fine. No, I mean it just it just hit me. It just hit me in a way that I really enjoyed it and huh. uh, uh, felt emotionally attached to both of them. And so, um, oh I'm yeah, very... I don't know if I feel that. Like even when Ono got shot, I was like, oh well. <laughs> I no, like I definitely, I, I feel I'm, I'm worried about Elnor. I'm worried about how that's going to impact Rafi. I mean, haven't Seven. we seen? I mean, it sounds like he's, a, it sounds like it looks like he's in a bad place. But haven't we seen trailers of him on tw- 24, 22, wait, <laughs> 2024 Earth? Have we seen? I don't remember. I don't remember because I feel like we do. Um, so and also like time travel stuff. I'm like, all right, whatever. Is he going to be fine? Whatever. Yeah, so we'll, I'm pretty we'll, sure we see him on 2022, 20, uh, 2024, 2024. Okay, what, what year are we in? 2024 yes. Earth. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure we. Well, we'll hope we'll hopefully find out tomorrow. Uh, I that's actually the one of the first things I'm gonna do tomorrow is hopefully watch Picard, because uh, that's what I'm more interested in and um, looking forward to it. And to, you know, this is uh, so far two great episodes back to back. And mm-hmm. uh, two very strong episodes with a strong focus on characters, on action. But, you know, it's also just uh, I really do love this crew and, and this cast that they've put together. They're all phenomenal. So uh, including the magistrate who you kind of love to hate. I mean, he's kind of a. I thought he's fine. I didn't really love him or hate him, actually. No. Well, I didn't have too many feelings about him. <laughs> There we go. He's, he's fine. Uh, I think he's, he served a purpose. So he did. Um, and when it comes to the whole, I mean, there are quite a few, I think quite a few fan theories about this, the whole Adam soon 
situation. Do you have any thoughts about all that and what is going to be the event in 20, 2024 that kind of brings us down a certain path of history? I don't have any original thoughts on that. No, I did not pick up on that uh, in in the episode. I was other people shared about that. And, and so now I know about it, but I don't really have a I, I I'm you know, I don't have any real original thoughts on it other than, okay. you know, other than what's been said. So it, to me, it's, you know, it's a great way to keep Brett Brent Spiner in the in the loop. In right. The, of course. So without having to give him heavy CG slash makeup. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and, you know, and also give him, you know, give his act, acting chops a, a, a spin as well outside of data. So I think that that's uh, that's good. Um, obviously, we've seen the scene with him in Q and Q right. gives him something. Some sort of bio, uh, right? Yeah. So there's that. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't really it's it doesn't it didn't stand out to me. It still doesn't stand out to me. I mean, people, have you know, talked about it. So I'm just, you know, whatever kind of comes comes. I, you know, obviously uh, the Harveys of the world are there. And um, what? Har- Harveys are those robots that oh, uh, were oh, the, the that went berserk in Mars, you know, so. Right. Um, so the synths. Uh, so they're everywhere. So there's that. And um, yeah, but for me, it's, you know, that's sort of like a, I don't know, a side story. Not really that. Um, even though it's like, even though it's like the point in time that they're going to have to go back and I'm sure it's, they're going to have to like figure out like what it, you know, what is it that causes humanity to go down the dark path? Yeah, sure. I, you know, I, yeah, I'm, uh, I, you know, yep. So my only theory, I, I actually just thought of this yesterday and I have no idea if it's being discussed in the general Star Trek discourse, but between Adam Sung and what we see in the trailers, um, my theory is that first contact happens too early in 2024 because we see Vulcans on Earth. Or Romulans. Some, or Romulans. True. Mm, I need to rewatch that scene. But... Um, but my theory is that first contact goes horribly wrong in around that age, around that time. And Anderson's involved in that somehow and Q instigates it somehow. And it causes humanity to realize A, that they're aliens and B, they all need to be killed or destroyed. So, yes. so I think that's, that's yeah, I think, theory. yeah, I think that that would make some sort of sense. Um, yeah. And maybe, Adam Sung is the one that he's either martyred or he somehow reveals that these Vulcan slash Romulans are there for some nefarious purpose when they're actually not. And yeah. that, that's what that, the, that serves as the catalyst somehow. Okay. That's an interesting theory. Uh, yeah. I'm excited to see how that plays out now. Yeah. So um, but that would explain like, yeah, the whole xenophobic um, sure, yeah. you know, aspect of where we see humanity in this timeline. I mean, we're xenophobic of one another in 2022. So, I mean, you know, uh, of other but that would be, you humanity. know, I think one of the things that would unite humanity is discovering some sort of outside threat like that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And it would cause us to get over our differences, but then unite us in a way that would make us hate everyone else yeah sure yeah. nothing yeah. like nothing like some sort of clear and present danger to make people band together you know right 
So, Any thoughts uh, really quickly as we kind of wrap up on The Watcher? I have no idea. Okay. No clue. All right. I, I know there are some theories about it, like, but I, I, I don't feel we have enough information to yeah. say anything All about right. that. Cool. Well, episode three drops tomorrow. And uh, like I said, I'm going to watch that well before I watch the Discovery, Discovery finale. I kind of want to watch the Discovery finale just kind of almost like get it over with. Yeah, no. And no. kind of just like, yeah. all right, we're done. Yeah. I, I, you know, I will watch it because um, I'll try to stay off Twitter and and social media before I get spoiled mm-hmm. on anything. But sure. uh, uh, yeah, I guess... Uh, I will, you know, probably watch it tomorrow. I will All right. try to watch it tomorrow. Oh, busy, yeah. busy, Your busy, busy social schedule. I mean, between work and social stuff, it's it's hard. It's a hard life. I'm telling you. Yeah, it's, it's rough being uh, the social animal that you are. It's rough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. All right. I guess that does it for this. Episode. I'm sure we can talk even more, but you know, you're sick and you go to bed. Yes. But Mike, do you want to talk a little bit about our sponsor? Absolutely. Uh, Fansets is the exclusive sponsor of this Trek Geeks podcast network and of Deep Space Pride. And the Fansets team just released three new pins yesterday, uh, three new micro pins from three different series. So we have the Lower Decks Cetacean Ops Lieutenant Junior Grade Matt. Uh, we have the Discovery Adira from the Earth Force. And from Next Generation and Deep Space Nine, we have Loxana Troy. Uh, so three new micro pins, as well as the title pins of Picard and Lower Decks that were released uh, earlier this month. So head on over to Fans. That's Star Trek is not the only... Uh, fanfic or fan fandom that that's fandom. the word I'm looking for fandom series that, uh, series that fandom and series that uh, that uh, they do pins for so there's Batman 66 there's DC Comics there's uh, Harry Potter and the Justice League and so many others Picard and Star Trek and Super Friends all of these things so Head on over, check them out at fansets.com. Put a bunch of pins in there, including their amazing Delta collections. And as we've talked a little bit about this episode, there are so many new pins uh, that I bet the Fansets team is working on from just the second episode of, of Picard. Oh, yeah. That, uh, that we'll get to see. We need the Confederation pins. Yeah, there's the uh, federa- the Confederation President's pin. Uh, there is the uh, pin that Picard is wearing in his portrait. Are you talking about the new, the big Delta, the giant Delta? Yeah, sort of the Wrath of Khan type Delta, which which. Oh is yeah, the, the portrait one. Yes, it's in right the Wrath portrait. Yeah. Then they have like the giant ones that can like also like slit your throat. Yes. Oh yes. And then there are the yes. Then there are the twenty four hundred. Yeah, deltas that everyone is wearing that yeah operate as they're a, really big. They're like massive. They are really big. They're a little yeah, too <laughs> they're a little yeah. too large. Yeah, so yeah, they seem grossly oversized. Yeah, but I guess if you're gonna double them as a weapon, then sure. uh, you know the bigger the better. 
So anyway, head on over to Fansets, put a bunch of pins, stay up to date with them through their social media and through us and all of the Truck Geeks uh, podcast and member podcasts. And uh, put a bunch of pins in your cart. If you spend more than $30, you'll get free shipping in the US. And if you put uh, the code DSPRIDE into the promo codes, you're going to get a 10% off. What's that? All caps. All caps. DS Pride, all caps. You're going to get 10% off your order. And we want to give a huge thank you and shout out to Fansets for being our exclusive sponsor and the sponsor, presenting sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Have you bought any pins lately, Mike? I have not. I am waiting to... Are we in for Chicago? Chicago? Yeah. And and they're gonna they're they're coming out with some exclusive pin, well original uh, some new pins that they're going to launch at Chicago, so the April pins will actually hold off until Chicago, and then whatever is left over from what they don't sell in Chicago will go on the website. So definitely follow through there. But yes, they have some really cool pins coming out uh, that I will pick up in Chicago. Thanks, Francis. Cool. All right. And tell our listeners how they can get in touch with us. Yes. Well, first off, I did this last week. For those listeners that do enjoy this podcast, and only if you enjoy it up to a five-star rating, we would love for you to leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice. And let us know what you think. Um, Through email and social media. Uh, Through social media, you can contact us on Twitter and Instagram at dspacepride and you can also email us at dspacepride at gmail.com great well uh yeah tomorrow's a big day in star trek land lots of new trek a lot to of watch. star trek a lot of star trek yeah uh and we will be back here next week to talk about that and any other news that uh and we'll share a little bit more detail about chicago maybe maybe there'll be some news on chicago but We'll talk a little bit I mean, more. they are adding guests at a glacial pace. That's one thing that I can tell you. But right. We'll so maybe happens. the glacier glacier will move a little bit further along by yeah. next week. It's we'll like, see. my God, it's like Vegas. They're like adding people like every day and they're not afraid to announce it. Meanwhile, Chicago, I don't know what the fuck is going on with them. So we'll see. Yeah. Well, we're going. We're going to be there. We're going to be there. We're with, not going uh, to Vegas. We are going to Chicago. So. We are. That's hopefully, right. Yes. Hopefully it's the right choice. Yes. Indeed. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you all next week. Bye, everyone. Deep Space Pride is a production of Coconut Media Works. Executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Thank you.